The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 32. General West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hello and welcome to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate's movies, TVs, series, and more. I'm Father Corey Stika, taking over from Jack Berzini this week. We had to throw him through the gate in a sudden notice uh, of a trip, so uh, he'll be back hopefully next week. Fortunately, Lisa Jones and Victor Lambs are here. Howdy, Lisa. Hey, Father Corey. And howdy, Victor. Hi, Father Corey. Today we're discussing Tokra a two-part episode from the second season of Stargate SG-1. Uh, Victor, why don't you give us a summary of these episodes? Sure. Um, it is a two-parter, so uh, buckle up for a, uh, a summary here. <laughs> On Earth, Samantha Sam Carter has a vision of people she's never met standing in a tunnel someplace she's never been. In her vision, Sam looks in a mirror and sees herself as well as a gate address being dialed on the DHD. This vision is the result of her ha been, having been previously blended with a Tok'ra symbiote named Jolinar. And for more on that, you can see our Secrets of Stargate episode 23 in the Line of Fire. Deducing that the people in her vision must be the Tok'ra, Sam convinces Jack and General Hammond to investigate the address she saw in her vision. Right before heading through the gate, Sam calls her father, General Jacob Carter, and learns that he is in treatment for his cancer in Colorado Springs, which is near the SGC, so that he can be close to his daughter in his final days. Meanwhile, on the desert planet, SG-1 is quickly ambushed by the Tok'ra and ring-transported to their underground complex of tunnels. The Tok'ra are happy to meet Sam as they have finally have closure on the whole Jolinar thing. One of the Tok'ra, Martuf, reveals that he had previously been married to the Jolinar symbiote a couple of hosts back. So he and Sam sit in the sand and talk for a while. SG-1 proposes an alliance with the Tok'ra, but since the Tok'ra correctly perceived that the idea of volunteering themselves as a host for one of their members whose host is dying, gives SG-1 the Ghiblis. They're not in favor of this. And since the Alliance is a non-starter, the Tok'ra will keep SG-1 in their tunnels until such time as they need to move on to a new base. Around this time, SG-3 evolves with Colonel Makepeace to take Sam back to Earth as George has talked to Jacob and learned that uh, Sam's father is only minutes or perhaps days uh, left to live. Sam, in the process, has a eureka moment and reasons that she has a dying dad and the Tok'ra have a dying host, and it could be a win-win-win to get the two of them together. So she heads back to Earth in order to get Jacob on board with this. Meanwhile, the need for the Tok'ra to move to new base comes very quickly as the Gould motherships are on the way. As the Gould attack of the Tok'ra hastily planned to evacuate, Jacob is joined with Selmak after his Selmak's dying host, Skadoosh, convinces Jacob that Selmak is a good snake. And thus, one of the coolest characters in the Stargate canon is blended. Everyone escapes from the planet as the Death Gliders attack. And back on Earth, Jack exposes... Oh, wait, this is before the, they get to Earth. Jack exposes a traitor in the Tok'ra ranks, and so the Tok'ra are very grateful, which opens up the door to future relations. But as Jacob Selmak, you know, translates the benefit of this to the humans, you know, don't uh, call us, we'll call you. <laughs> so there was a lot going on in this episode. Yeah. And then, and then no, when we, you get... We, we, 
And we did decide to to take the two parter and do it together because it is, you know, it is one real long story. You know, it's it's not like some two parters where there's, you know, there's a distinct break. You know, the, the, the only real break between them is the cliffhanger of will SG-1 ever leave the Tok'ra alive, you know? Yeah, and that's about it. So uh, we we figured that this was the easiest way to do it to do it all as one story. But so Lisa, what did you what do you think of this one? This one has so much, but I think overall it is a great payoff of the start of the season where we had, you know, Carter being, uh, you know, receiving Jolinar and having Jolinar's memories, you know, all that stuff. And so it was a great payoff. You get a lot of, gosh just forward thinking story. We get Martouf, which is I think a fan favorite for everybody, especially <laughs> my family. Um and then Jacob Carter, who I I just love. So Yeah. Yeah. Lot 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 lots love here. And how about you, Victor? Yeah, there there is a lot going on. I watch these back to back and it seems a lot shorter than it actually is when you're watching it, which is always a good sign. Um, a lot of really cool, iconic moments, you know, the Tok'ra tunnels being created and then, uh, you know, not created at, at the end is, is definitely something that, you know, I remember from when I watched this originally. But there is a lot of characters go here and talk and then they go to, you know, one of the other three, you know, two locations in the episode and talk. And it's <laughs> so there's a lot of like going to different places and different characters talking to each other um, as they do have a lot of, you know, kind of backstory to establish and, uh, you know, character moments to, to build on. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with both of you. I mean, this, this is a great episode. This, this is, you know, of course, one of the pivotal episodes of the season where it, it, you know, we meet very important allies. <laughs> Sometimes they're not so happy with us, but very important allies of the Tari. And, you know, we meet some important characters and there's a lot more development of the, the, the universe, of course, you know, the, the conflict with the, the Gwauld system Lords, uh, that there is a, a a resistance of of uh, that you, know, you can call them golds, but obviously they don't consider themselves the same. You know, but they're they're clearly of the same species or an or offshoot of the same species. Uh, but they're they're the rebellion. You know, we, we've got the empire, and now we, we've had the empire, and now we've got the rebellion. You know, so it's a it, it's a very important episode, and you know, of course, you know, we should just jump right into it. You know, and one one thing, of course. Go, let's go, you know, going through the characters. Of course, we've got, we can start with Jacob Carter only because he's the one character other than SG one that we've already known, you know, all, everybody else is, is new. And I'll be honest, you know, I didn't mention this when we talked about uh, two episodes ago when we talked about him, but he really isn't a character that there's any sympathy for, you know, of course he's, we find out he's dying, but it's like, yeah, but you're kind of a jerk. <laughs> Yeah. And yet you like him. <laughs> yeah. Or I do. You come to definitely through this. You definitely do through yeah. this, but but you know, he, he ends up, you know, he has this cancer that we found we found out about. And he he comes to to uh Colorado Springs as you said Victor to to be closer to Sam but also for his treatment. And of course he gets sick very quickly you know this is oh i've got months no actually you've got days you know and there's even the scene where he's being re you know resuscitated you know they're doing you know the, the shocks you know the, the paddles on his chest and it's like no dnr order no do not resuscitate order i guess yeah yeah and it's it's interesting too that the last time we saw that that's the you know um u.s air force uh, you know, uh, academy hospital or training hospital last time we saw that was in the the Jolinar episode in the line of mm -hmm. duty. 
So that's kind of a nice uh, symmetry there. Yeah, ni- definitely nice, nice connection. But uh, but of course, uh, you know, we'll talk more more about his change very quickly. You know, but it, it's and of course, yeah, I, I had to laugh because he said, you know, or uh, General Hammond called him, you know, an old soldier. You know, and it's like uh, soldiers are army. He should have been army instead of air force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah speaking of, of like uh that jonathan glasner wrote this episode and i was thinking as i was watching this that and i don't know if this is true of all of jonathan glasner's episode it could be this is just the first time i noticed it is a lot of the writing the dialogue is very on the nose there's not a lot of nuance to mm-hmm. the dialogue itself people are saying this is this is how i feel this is what i'm going to do and then it's up to the actors to really bring nuance and you know to breathe emotion into a lot of the lines. And I think the cast really does deliver in this episode in that regard. Yeah. I would agree. And I love, yeah, it's very, it, I, I love General Hammond telling Carter, Sam Carter. She's just like, yeah. just like her father. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a lot of parallels between them in, you know, that she, she understands, she doesn't understand him, but she does without realizing it. Right. And that yep. he, uh, she knows what he's going to do. But they have so much angst in their relationship. So you t- think about that whole father-daughter story arc was just done beautifully here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, of course, you see the look on her face. She's not happy about that. <laughs> you know, and as, as you know, I think a lot of people are, is that they hear, oh, you're just like your, 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 your mother or your father. And it's like, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. So... Apparently, like calling dying family members, like just as you're stepping through the gate is one of those traits, though. It's like, we're, we're leaving in 10. I'll be ready to go in five. Just let me call my dying dad and have a heart to heart with him before. Yeah. <laughs> Timing. I, I'm going on a trip to check out satellites yeah. somewhere. Uh, I'll be back. <laughs> well, and, and a, you think about how they ahead. put him or they had him move to Colorado Springs to be near her. I know it's a. It's a plot device, right? But mm-hmm. when you think about it, in, it's not in character for him. No. That he would go no, not at close all. to her yeah. in order to die where he doesn't want her to see him die, right? But it right. was perfect for this. And because he was Air Force, it made it, it did kind of make sense. Go get treated yeah. there. But, you know, he, of course, he was in the D.C. area where there's, there's plenty of military hospitals there too so yeah it, it you know it, like you said this it was a plot device to get him so that it was easier to to explain how this this man who was literally on death's door could travel to stargate command and then through the stargate well if he's just down the road you know he's only a couple of miles away relatively speaking um that's not a big deal right. versus oh yeah we got to fly him all the way across the uh united states from washington dc right this was much much easier <laughs> So as all this is going on, of course, uh, they uh, come up with the Sam has these visions of one of the Tokra escapes. The last time the Tokra had to move planets and she remembered because of Jolinar, the uh, the gate coordinates. What were where's the next planet? So, of course, they come up with the idea. Let's let's go meet these people. We know about them. You know, let's go meet them. And uh, I, I like how basically she's the only one that's really convinced this is a good idea. Yeah. yeah. General Hammond's like, I'm not so sure. And O'Neill's like, are, are we really doing this? <laughs> yeah. And they kept calling it a dream. And she was very insistent. <laughs> not a dream. Yeah. Yeah. 
but but, but uh, they, but they, they do it. They you know they they S G one goes there and and of course they they had to do stick the pin on it again. It looks like Earth. I mean, that was when Jacob went through it. It looks just like Earth. Are you sure we're on another planet? I think we've you know. seen the sand pit before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Jack is throwing a lot of shade at that poor stuck malp that got stuck in the sand yeah. dune. Oh, he yeah. walks through, he's like, useless. And then when he comes yeah. back, like at the next episode, he's like giving it the side eye as he walks by. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's not the mouth's fault. <laughs> yeah. There's a like, behind the scenes story about that. Like, yeah, like it cost him half a day of shooting or something because it was malfunctioning. You yeah. Know, yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it, it wasn't actually supposed to get stuck, but it did. And he just like, leave it. Yeah. We'll work around it. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you know, this is one of these cases, of course, where. Jaffa rumors and legends. There must be <laughs> yeah. thousands of them. There must, I mean, there must be, they must be constantly telling each other, like, you know, campfire stories about the evil Tokra. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's going to come get them because Tilk knows all about them. Oh, oh man, yeah. I've heard rumors of them. The, the Tokra are legendary. I've been, I spent years hunting out their tunnels. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to one of our that's... previous episodes and I can't remember who said it. If it was Victor or Jack or Somebody said, you know, Tilk's one of those that knows all about everything when he needs to know all about everything. Yep. But otherwise, he doesn't yep. know much. <laughs> yeah. They have special crystals that can make tunnels with. They can even make tables, but they can't make doors. <laughs> so they don't need doors because <laughs> yeah. secrets are. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like, hey, where are all the doors? Uh, oh, we don't, we don't need them. Are you sure it's because your crystals can't make hinges? Oh, no, we just don't need doors. No, no. I yeah. mean, all, they, all it would be is you'd see that, that cool that cool creation effect would just create yeah. the door and then put it, you know, get rid of it, you know, which actually would be a cool, would have been a cool yeah. way to do it. But I think they, they blew like their entire episode uh, special effects budget on the create the, the tunnel being created and then and then uh, it being uncreated later. Yeah, that was their entire special effects budget. Cause it was, I mean, it looks cheesy now. Yes, but, but for the time, 20, it was awesome. 20, yeah. 20-something years ago. Yeah. Pretty pretty awesome. And I love the sound. Yeah. It looked, yeah. yeah. Yep. The whole episode and for a ca- the sound of the crystals. And for a cave set, I mean, the actual cave looks really cool. Like, they, mm-hmm. you know, this is back before they could just 3D print, you know, a bunch of hexagons and stuff. They had to actually mold all those uh, themselves. Yep. And, and, of course, we'll, we'll see those again. That's the last, yeah. not the last time we see the, the Tok'ra, uh, enclosure, but I loved it where they're, you know, they're Tilk is walking, you know, they're walking through the desert, this desert, they're trying to find the Tok'ra and they walk in this area and like, oh, there's, they're really good at hiding their footprints and, yeah. you know, they're very stealthy and all of a sudden poof, right out of the sand. Like, yeah, of course that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it It looks really cool. But then you like go back and rewatch it and you're like, they pop up from like, SG one would have been staring right at them in their hidey holes because they don't throw anything off when they jump, but they just yeah. jump. The audience can't see them just because of the way they have the dunes molded and stuff. But it's like SG one would have been, what are you doing down there? Where the yeah, toe seen them as they were walking up. Yeah, you know, the idea they're supposed to be hiding under the sand, waiting for them, and then they yeah. pop out or whatever. But I mean, I think there's there's obviously other ways they could have done it, but it 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 it, it was effective enough, especially when the SG one ended up being stuck right in the middle of the rings. Right where the rings actually yeah. come up. That was actually a, you know, kind of a, it was pretty impressive. And so we, we get to meet Martu for the first time yep. at this point. Yep. And that's, that's part of why uh, Sam had the, the idea to come there is because she had this vision of him. Mm-hmm. 
from Jolinar that, uh, oh, hey, I know this guy. <laughs> he's like, I've never met you before. <laughs> She's like, I have a special connection to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I haven't watched this one in a long time. And I vaguely remembered, you know, there's there's a traitor in it. And I just couldn't remember Martuf very well. So I was like, oh, is the reason Martuf so interested in Jolinar is because, you know, he's the, the traitor and he wants to kill her. But it was just because they were married in the past. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know we find yeah. that out very, very quickly. Yeah. Well, do they even say married? No, well, I mean, obviously they were in love, but yeah. you know mates. they've been mates. partners. You know, mates. Oh, okay. Yeah, which which of course we'll see. They were they were married. No. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, they we find out that they've been they were they were been together for you know a hundred years or more. And as Sam says, longer than I've been alive. You know, you guys, it's like yeah, since you're only in your twenties, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> you know, it's not, but. It was a, so that's why there was that deep connection, why Jolinar's memory of that remained in Sam. And of course, we get to hear more of how in the Tok'ra, the host and the symbiote share so much more than just memories. You know, they share everything. They share emotions. They share, you know, thoughts. Yeah. And I think they... It gets kind of confusing because they don't really have the language in like 1999 or language hadn't gotten to the point where they could have referred to like the actual symbiote in a gender neutral way because they say, oh, yeah, the symbiote itself doesn't, you know, is, is gender neutral. But then, um, I mean, that's not what they do for the rest of the, the ghoul. They all have, you know, distinct, you know, biological sex and stuff. But then they it gets very confusing where they're talking about, mm-hmm. especially when they get into the whole Sarouche and... Um, oh, uh, cell Mac thing. It's like, yep. it's like just pick a set of pronouns and stick with it. I don't care what it is. <laughs> this is getting very confusing. You need to bring no. I mean, it, in yeah. So, for, so, for, so just for this, be yeah. Self. Yeah. Tokra self. Yeah. Tok Tokra Tokra self. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's hear what, what I, I'm trying to think of some of the pronouns that are out there. No, I don't want to do yeah. that too deep. We, but, we can just yeah, go with Tok Tokra Tokra self. Yeah. And they even kind of express like where the symbiote might have a particular gender. They don't care, but they do have a preference for which, whether male or female, that they choose for their hosts in general. Because obviously, yeah, Selmac is a, a female uh, symbiote, but ends up in Jacob Carter, a male. So, it you know, it, always been in a woman. Right. But it doesn't Carter. necessarily have to be. Yeah. yeah necessarily have to be so it's um it is yeah it's a little confusing i I think they if i remember right they just kind of gloss over it later yeah they just they don't really this is about the only time we ever really hear them talk about that and that's that's a good reason it doesn't need to be Mm -mm. um but yeah martus a character obviously we will see a lot of later you know he's not uh he's not going away anytime soon unlike uh uh garshaw who's we meet who's the leader or at least you know the most infamous gold ever according to tilk mm-hmm. yeah which she does look familiar to y'all right the actress from mm-hmm. superman superman i was trying to f- yeah be S- be the five yeah, Sorry, that's i and uh falcon crest y'all probably didn't watch falcon crest as kids no, I but I did watch Superman 2, and she was Urza, uh, Zod, General Zod's companion. So and that's where I recognized her from. from there, yeah. She was Pamela in yep. The Final Battle, which I was a huge V fan back in the day. So, Oh, this was the original, mm-hmm. the original V? Oh, nice. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I watched some of that one. I actually, I have to say, I, I like the, the newer remake they did. That one more, was that late 90s, early 2000s? I, I like that one. That one was pretty good. Another one of those that was cut way too short, though. But I enjoyed that one. Um, but yeah, she, you know, of course, she's, so, you know, she's kind of almost set up as a leader of the Tok'ra. And yet, this is the only time we see her. Mm-hmm. She's not, in, there's another Tok'ra that kind of takes the female lead role later. But not her, not Sarah Douglas, not a uh, Garshaw. Uh, so that that's kind of interesting choice again, especially especially since she's a, she's this infamous. Uh, well, I don't think they infamous. Tell us where she went. That I at least that I remember. I wonder if it they was an do change or if her character and I, I just didn't. I think it was because um, let's see here. Who did she, I'm trying to remember who it was that she got replaced by? Who the um, the new leader. Ah, oh, I can picture her. I just can't. With the little page boy cut or whatever they, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's that. They can hear me stammer, stammer and stummer, stumble and <laughs> yeah. everything. You know. Hey, that, did you know that uh, that J.R. Bourne, who played Martouf, was on Andromeda, Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda with Kevin Sorbo? Was he really? Yeah, nice. it's, it's. I think half the cast of this episode was also on an episode of Not Together, but on Viper that. uh that 90s show about the superpowered Dodge Viper that like fought crime and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, like you transform and stuff. Yeah, you like transform and stuff. It's yeah. basically like an advertising for the the Viper. <laughs> Late 90s was like the heyday of like tell we've talked about this before but like there were just so many like out there awesome shows that were in syndication yeah. that like every week there were, you could get like six different like really bizarre stories, you know. Sci-fi, you know, magical cars, you know, it's yep. a wonderful time. Yeah, if you look through his IMBD, he has worked pretty consistently since uh, since all of this. I just recently saw him on a Netflix show. Nice. Well, you know, and that's that, that's that's really kind of a, a compliment for an actor is to say they've worked. You know, and they might not be a big name actor, um, like like. J.R. Bourne, the, the name is actor, but he's busy. Mm-hmm. He's working. Yeah. You see him. You know, and that, that says a lot. You know, it, it says much more than, yeah, you, you'd like to be, you know, a Patrick Stewart or somebody like that who's, you know, a big name actor. But if you're doing things for, you know, if you've been, if, yeah, if you look at IMDb, if, you, if you've been steadily working, if you're doing multiple projects a year for the last 30 years, I think you're doing okay. No. I think you're fine. You know? <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't find that. Sorry, I, I'm trying. I was trying to find yeah, on a uh, on Stargate the, the Stargate uh, who the who the other female Tokra we end up seeing much more of later. But yeah, it, it's a uh, and it's it's another one of those actresses. As soon as you see her, you recognize her. She's she's been everywhere and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, but this is the only time we see Garshaw, uh, and I, she does she is mentioned elsewhere, but you don't really see her. So. Um, other, and of course we see other, other Tok'ra running around, you know, you've got the, the, the council of the Tok'ra, which we eventually, we see them again, maybe not the same members, but we definitely see the council again. And they're the ones that say, no, we're not going to let you leave. You know, we're not just, we're not going to be your buddies. We're not going to let you leave either. You're stuck until we decide we're done here, which what, what a shock that is like five minutes later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let's talk for a second about the the similarities between the Tok'ra and the Gould because I get really mm-hmm. offended 
if you call them cool. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, yes. But they kind of have a lot of personality similarities. Am I right? They, oh, yes. They oh, yeah. disregard humans. We have no, no use for you except for as hosts. Right? <laughs> and they're very arrogant and kind of self-absorbed <laughs> and have no use for your technology or anything else. We just use what we're going to use from other people and we're done. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You know, of course, they, 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 they need a host. You know, they, although, you know, that's what, you know, the similarity ends there. Yes, they both need hosts, but how they use the host is very different. Because for the Tokra, the, the, the relationship between the symbiote and host is actually closer to, uh, you know, take a drink, but the uh, uh, Trill and Star Trek, you know, um, <laughs> you know, where it's, it's a more of a mutual relationship. You know, that they share the memories, they share emotions and everything. For the Gwaold, it's more like the memory worms of uh, Star Trek, uh, Star Trek 2, Wrath yep. of Khan, where the mind worms, the earworms, where it, you know, they take over the host instead of, you know, the host having its own agency in the process. Uh, so there, there's very much a, di- a big distinction there. And then, you know, then there's the issue of, you know, going in through the mouth versus through the back, you know, and then kind of interesting too, where that, you know, the, the excuse they use is the system Lords don't want to see the expression on the person's face when they take them over in, in a mirror. But, you know, if you really think about it, it's, it really is the difference between a free choice and being forced. Yeah. You know, if they're coming in through your mouth, you have to willingly allow them in usually unless you're forced to, or there's, you know, emergency like there was with Sam Carter. Mm-hmm. And Jolinar, um, with the gold, they can come up behind you and come into you without you choosing to do it. It's their choice, not yours. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't mention that in this episode, though. It was yeah. the, it was just the, they didn't want to see your face. Well, and the Tok'ra go it through the mouth because you know the other way creates a scar that some of us find distasteful or something. You know, it's like yeah, it was, it was like the, really that was like the lamest. Yeah, it's like not like. You know, it's, yeah, about consent and everything. No, it's just, it, we, we haven't discovered, you know, cover up or concealer yet. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I did like the way they set out the differences, but yet they left them, <laughs> you know, certain certain things the same, but they did, um, like you said, had them. Yeah. So I love the idea, I'm going to jump back to relationship. I love the idea that they set out that they, the host and the symbiote, the Tokra, um, both mm-hmm. mate with the same host and Tokra, if that makes sense. Right? Yeah. Because to me, it was, it was one more way they were trying to show that they were unified as one person mm-hmm. and that whole consent and right. going back and forth. So it was really kind of an interesting, um, right. just, just the way that they, they wove that in. And then, of course, you've got, uh, <laughs> I, I got questions. So Martuf is the human. And Lantash mm-hmm. is the symbiote, correct? Yeah. Correct. But we really don't talk to Lantash that much. It's all mm-hmm. Martuf. So yep. Martuf was in love with Jolinar's host, which I cannot remember her name. I don't, did they mention really? her name? Yeah. yeah. And we, we see her in a, a future episode, the one with okay. um, where they go to hell, that one. Mm. So we see her in flashbacks. So, okay. um, I just found it interesting that he's so attracted to Sam, 
and it wasn't Lantash being attracted to Jolinar. Right. Oh, uh, Russia, or uh, I, I can't read my handwriting here. Russia. <laughs> R- 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 oh, that's right. R- yeah, it started with an R. Yeah. Ruja or something. Yeah, I just without that scene, I was just like imagining Kirk going like, no more, blah, blah, blah. Because at yeah. that point, <laughs> at, at that point, we'd, we'd, well, I mean, we, we get some really good scenes with Hammond, you know, talking to Jacob, you know, Ham, Hammond being very, you know, warm and that teddy bear really coming through. And later mm-hmm. on, Jacob asks like, what's the catch? You know, you'll cure my cancer. And he's like, it's a doozy. I'm not going to lie to you about that and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> but it's. And then it's just a lot of talking. It's like, okay, now they're talking over here. Okay, now these two people are going over here to yeah. talk. You know, well, what, but it... One th- <laughs> one th- yeah, yeah, I did. I missed it. Well, one, one, thing I'm glad, one thing I'm glad about is that when they... That's literally where they cut off is with the conversation between with Hammond, uh, Sam, and, and Jacob is, you know, she'll explain it to you. And, or, you know, it, or, no, yeah, it's a doozy. And then he kind of looks and then they jump to them coming into the gate room. You know, so yeah. they skipped all the conversation about yes, you are about you are about to be uh, taking into your body a, a alien worm, alien snake of some sort. But this is a friendly one. We swear. I think we just yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they're better than the other people. They're better than the other snakes. And uh, instead of like a, a Doctor Who, like it's bigger on the inside moment. We get to, we get one of those. I go to other planets. It's like oh, that's nice. You go to other planets in your mind. It's like yeah. no, no, not in my mind. In real life. It's real. You know? Yeah. <laughs> One of those moments that we get a lot of times on Stargate. But yeah, um, well, I, and I, I love his, I love his, you know, his reaction. Like, holy Hannah. Of course, that's his phrase. That's a catchphrase. Yeah. Holy Hannah. But it's just like, as soon as he realized, it's like, oh, no wonder you didn't want to go to NASA. Yeah. You know, and, and there's even yeah. the line, up, line about, wow, that, that's much better than, or yeah, that's much better than being strapped on, on a rocket and the, the space shuttle. And Jack goes, yeah, it goes further too. Yeah. <laughs> Or when they do go through the gate and uh, Jacob's like, wow, you, you, you do that a lot. And uh, what is it? Carter goes, yeah, once or twice a week. Like, yeah, exactly. Come on. Go, well, <laughs> that's that aligns to their episodes, right? Yeah. Where they uh, once per week, they, they go to a planet and come yeah. back usually. So, yeah, yeah exactly. I, did, yeah. I, I made a note that Carter looked like she was having a lot of fun explaining this to her dad mm-hmm. and like showing him through the gate. And of course, Jack's like, it's a piece of cake. It's no big deal. And, you know, she she just had this little grin once they got into the planet. And he says, it looks like Earth. Yep. And, you know, I yeah. thought that was that was a nice little moment. Well, it's, it's always fun when they have the, the Stargate reveals mm-hmm. where people go through for the first time. You know, you had Hammond where he complained about the things I do for these people. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, of course, later on when we go through Atlantis where you've got, uh, um, where you've got uh, um, some of the who... Uh, why am I just blanking Matt, on him now? Matt McKay's sister? Dr. No, Rodney uh, McKay's sister? Or? No, the, the, the pilot, the, the, the first episode Shepherd. of Atlantis oh, when Shepherd, uh, yeah. Shepherd yeah. goes through and he's, talk, he's you know, like, does it hurt? Oh, it's terrible. And then jumps in um, the other. Uh, and there I, there I just froze for a yeah. second. So, <laughs> yeah, <edit. laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it, it's always fun to see those introductions to, um, to the Stargate for someone who never goes through it, before, never gone through it before, and it kind of reminds us of the, you know, the wonder of what is it like? What would it feel like to go through this? Where you're, know, you're literally, it's a transporter with a wormhole, is what it is. You know, what does that yeah. feel like? What, 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 how, how would you experience that? And I think we'd all like to experience that one day. That's for sure. A lot to take in, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Dying. Okay, your daughter goes through wormholes to another planet. Okay, now you're going to go and possibly get a snake in your head through your mouth and mm-hmm. live forever with an alien in you. Well, at least at least 100 years or so cuz that's one that is one distinction between the uh gold and the tokra is they do not the tokra does not use um the the uh sarcophagus. They do not use it at all and they say it it sucks the good out of your heart. And, what yep. Daniel and Daniel's say? like, you can, t- <laughs> you can t- you say that again. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is, it has again, another one of those, those differences that we don't, uh, that, that we see between the two, the Tokra and the, the Gold is the Tokra is willing to, you know, have to change shows every 200 years. Whereas the Gold would, you know, they want to rule forever. Yeah. So. And the Tok'ra are much more into kind of like loose knit natural fibers than the Gould are. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't believe in dyeing their fabric. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I will say that um, we do get uh, a really good, the evacuation scene when they first, when you, you know, when uh, Sam and uh, Jack come back um, and, and everybody's running around like, like crazy and doing their best best like you know evacuation of hoth impression it was actually like really it was a really good like action scene for for what it was like there was a lot of you know they explored the set you know they didn't expose too many of the seams or limitations on it so i thought it was that was very effective yeah i'm sorry i'm, I'm having internet fluctuation we're, we're having yeah. wind so it's another yeah. thing to cut jack is when we when i yeah. pause here yeah I'll make sure he sends a note that yeah. he's, he's going to have to watch closely on, on this episode. But um, let's see here. Uh, where were we? <laughs> Evacuation. In terms of the, in ter- oh yeah, but in terms of like the Stargate itself and the technology on the show, we, we get our best look, I think, yet at the off-world Stargate prop. We get like a really clu- uh, close-up, cool shot mm-hmm. of it right at the very beginning. We see... Um, more of how the ring transports work that the rings, you know, are not stationary on the planet. They actually dissolve and transport with the, uh, with the yep. people inside. Uh, so that was cool. I think this is the first time, uh, Lara Sadek, uh, the actress, her technician has a last name. She's technician Davis. Um, <laughs> and you want to talk about somebody who's worked a lot recently. She's been in, I think 10 to 12 shows and movies this year alone. So, nice. yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's always good when, uh, a character gets a, a name on this show. It's a big moment. Okay, was there doing this. A, oops. So at the very end, when Jack and uh, SG-1 make peace are back at the SGC and they they kept waiting for, I just forgot what you said her name was, the technician. She's like, oh, uh, technician Davis. Or, right. And on their end in the SGC, the gate is, in, is engaged. Or it looks mm-hmm. like it is with the iris closed, right? Like they're just waiting yeah. for the GDO to open. But Carter on the planet has to dial. Right. She runs or, or has she already? I can dial out before they dial in. Yeah, there's there, there, that was a, a definite uh, continuity bug there where, you know, the S, SG1 or SG3 and half SG1 come back. And, um, and then, you know, the gate, you can imagine the gate closed. Mm-hmm. And then they're waiting for the new call in from from sam and it doesn't come and it doesn't come and of course she has to quickly it's a good thing she can dial quickly let's yeah. just put it that way well, um daniel dialed really quickly but, too earlier yeah yeah 
Yeah, I think yeah. They're, they're kind of figuring out how to do it. And, you know, in her, although, of course, Daniel does, well, we have to wait. Dial now. You know, <laughs> typical yeah. Daniel. Um, the, gold, the gold were not Johnny on the spot locking out that gate so the yeah. humans couldn't use it this time. But yeah. you'd be happy to know that. Sure. Yeah. I checked with our uh, technical consultant, our eight year old, and he did confirm that they were dialing the Earth address on the DHD. There we there. go. Yeah. yeah. There. So they weren't going to Abydos again, huh? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although I think the DHDs now that the, that DHD prop, maybe only the earth address symbols light up on it or something, but that, um, that could be. Yeah. Okay. When they, yeah, I mean, that would make it easier, but well, okay. well, say, speaking of DHDs, when they got back and Garshaw goes, how do, how do you dial? Yeah. And he, you know, he's like, we made our own and she's like, oh, super cool. Show me. My husband goes, oh yeah. Didn't you just show that to destroyer of worlds and look what happened? Like, why are you showing off letting people dial into the computer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a really good point. It's uh they're very trusting nope. of the of the Tokra. Yeah. Well, I, I I can say at least with the Tokra, you know, it works out for their yeah. advantage, but still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, it does it does help them kinda kinda and I think the reason why they did they made sure to sh- throw that in there is so that the Tokra can go, okay, maybe these people have more awareness of what's going on than we thought. You know, they have more oh, technological yeah prowess than we thought even if their technology is primitive by qual's standards uh they they still figured out the stargate on their own and built their own dial home device you know and that says a lot if you're trying to get an ally who might have better technology unlike the tolan who think no we have better technology and we're going to keep it all for ourselves we don't care we don't care what you think or what yeah. you're doing or that you're yeah no. yeah you're, you're you're not smart enough for us so forget it and you never will be yep exactly so is there anything else you, you want to talk about there, Victor? Yeah, actually, the best scene, I think, in the two episodes is the scene between Jacob and Sarush yep. as he is deciding whether or not he wants to take Selmak on. And Selmak, Selmak is deciding if he wants to blend with Jacob. And it's, it's just a really nice, touching scene. You have, uh, you know, two actors who are um, maybe in their 60s and 70s at, at that point. And uh, the dialogue is is very well written, very clever, um, you know, not quippy, but it's it's just a very touching scene, I, I thought. And, uh, you know, Selmak asks Jacob, are you a good man? And, and Jacob says, you know, at this point, what what difference does it make? I'm dying. You're dying. Good, bad. I'm the guy with the pulse. And uh, and uh, yeah, so, I, I, you know, I think I think it shows that. You know there is compatibility between the you know the the symbiote and the and the host, um, and that that's a consideration, and that it it really can be something other than what the ghoul does, which is a complete takeover of the personality, but a real blending of the personality. So, um, yeah. So I liked I like that scene. I think that's I think that's the scene from this episode that sticks with me the most. I I agree. Mm. I wrote down on there. I love that if you think about how much time they took out of the episode just to do that it really mm-hmm. was a nice chunk of time for the episode and um yeah they didn't rush it and it was just nice to have that moment um yeah. to show the difference with the tokra or to give because uh carter's i mean uh, jacob carter's going to be with us a little bit more and just it was it was good mm-hmm. i really liked that scene well, very good. Well, anything else for you, you Lisa? Well, we didn't really talk about Martuf and Carter and their love affair and 
<laughs> they sat in this. I didn't. I, know, I didn't like, catch a lot of about the technology, and we talked about the special effects. <laughs> but I'm like, we got to talk about all the emotions that Carter is having for this guy she just met because of the tokra that she had in her head for like two hours or whatever. And yeah, yeah, my my girls were okay. My twenty year old might get mad at me, but they were so in love with Martouf when they were younger, like. He was the <laughs> they had a crush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a big deal <laughs> so, in our so house. <laughs> so at this point, I would say it's for Sam. It's more intellectual curiosity or something. I mean, or she's trying to figure out like how this all works. And then we get the great line: "This must be what schizophrenia feels like." Reduce, yeah. <laughs> reduction of schizophrenia to just multiple personality disorder. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, no, actually, this is not. What schizophrenia no. feels like. No, no. But they did a great job of uh, going through this whole storyline with Carter getting possessed by Jolinar, however you want to call they it. They did. And then just, you know, keep, they keep bringing out these little tidbits and nuggets and it lasts for a long time and um, so much better than like they do with Entity several mm-hmm. seasons for now where it happens and then it's over and there's no after effect. So, yeah, I'm not a Martu fan, yeah. but I like it. <laughs> he's fine you know just not for me or Carter so so, so that's why you're on Lisa to, to talk about things like yeah. this you know important things yeah. like relationships and shipping and I know yeah. balance because I love all the episodes that are very character um you know all the character development all the relationships you know when it's all shoot them up I'm like man <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what makes 90 sci-fi so good they do both. Yeah. Man, we get to see Make Peace again and the Sagan Institute box. So they both make a, uh, <laughs> yep. a, a well, that's, that's one thing that I do love, though, is, you know, General Hammond has someone to send through the gate to let Sam Carter know that her husband is, you know, or her husband, her father is about ready to die. And they, he sends the most cold, impersonal yep. <laughs> person possible. He couldn't have sent, you and know, some other team. There, oh, no, it has to be the guy that's the, they're, they're basically the locked down and they the can't whole thing. Leave. So he, he showed a little bit of personality during the evacuation, though. Yeah. Yeah. He was helping. It's like, hey, they piled your stuff there. Take what you. Yeah. And this is getting frustrating. So yeah. let, let's kind of. So anyways. Yeah, obviously, you know, this episode we, we enjoy, but uh, it definitely doesn't have as much action as, as perhaps Victor would like. Towards the <laughs> until the end, yeah. But but before we go, we've got some uh, some feedback we received from our episode on Thor's chariot that we did uh, recently. Uh, this came on on the YouTube channel, the the Starquest Media YouTube channel, where you can find our our shows and you can listen to them there and comment there as well. Uh, Paulioni wrote, "Yay, the Asgard! They're such a fun concept. It's way off, but I can't wait till we meet Hermiad." Yeah, so we, you know, of course, we're going to get to meet more Asgard as we go along. And Hermiad, now he's the the bitter one, isn't he? I wouldn't. I would. Well, yeah, bitter is a good word. Um, <laughs> put highly put upon, I would say. Yeah, yeah he's the one who sighs all the time and yeah. grumbles and curses you know, and Asgardian. Yeah, Asgardian. Yeah. So, yeah. So he, we got him. He, he's quite a while. Um, and then we got Thomas Salerno uh, wrote also on, on YouTube, Thor's Chariot is one of my favorite early season episodes of SG-1 as it gives us our first proper introduction to the Asgard, who are probably my favorite Stargate fa- alien faction. 
I thought it was so cool to introduce a mostly benevolent alien species that even the Gwauld are were worried of wary of tangling with. By the way, I love the podcast, guys. I really enjoy how you can critique and even poke fun at some of the sillier aspects of a show without being overly negative or hostile, like a lot of pop culture commentary these days. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you, first of all, for the compliment. You know, we definitely want to have an upbeat conversation in the process. You know, we don't want this to be uh, something uh, downer, you know, something like so many, like you said, some of those pop culture commentary podcasts you find are pretty depressing, actually. Yeah, and any any sort of joking or gentle ribbing or not so gentle ribbing comes from a, a place of affection. You know, we we love these shows. They they've had a lasting impression on us. Um we find, you know, there there are many quirks and kind of the rough edges sometimes very endearing and um yeah, I mean if if we do uh poke fun, it's it's comes from a place of a uh, of true appreciation for the people who who made these shows and gave us something mm-hmm. joyous to watch every week. Yeah, and and we're we're more than willing to say when we don't like an episode, when we think an episode just completely misses the mark, emancipation. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's still that's still my least favorite SG one episode. That that in my opinion, at least of what we've talked about so far, is the worst SG one episode. I don't know. I got a not so favorite one coming up. Uh-oh, oh, oh, we another one. Well, we don't want to spoil that, but yeah, yeah, coming up. But yeah, so, so thank you for your comments. Definitely. Uh, yeah, we, we, appreciate, yeah, we definitely appreciate it, you know, and, and, you know, any more feedback we can get, we definitely, we love it and we want to keep, keep it coming. Uh, but as we close out, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who made it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Beverly D, Dennis G, Jeffrey F, NR, and AJ. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows here at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on our SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate, or you can also find us on the YouTube channel at at youtube.com slash StarQuest, I believe StarQuest Media. I just blanked on it. But yes, uh, you search for StarQuest Media on YouTube, if nothing else, if I don't have the right address. Um, you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media or on Twitter at sqpn. You can join the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1 Spirits. Until then, Lisa Jones, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thanks, Father Corey. Victor Lambs, thank you as well. Thanks, Father Corey, and now you can sit around for hours cracking yourself up. <laughs> and once again, I'm Father Corey Stika. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. And remember... And I lost my quote. Blood, death, bad, hard feeling. It suck. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. 
This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent. And may you have a blessed Christmas season.